you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on Stitcher, iTunes, and nfl.com/shek. DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles, all now members of the Philadelphia Eagles backfield. I know the Ryan Matthews. Excuse me, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in your intro there. But is Ryan Matthews uh, official yet? Yes, I heard he hasn't signed. The last I checked. Listen. It is a done deal. Would I say that? Would I just shoot my mouth off like that? I'm not one to recklessly speculate. Actually, I am, and I have a lot uh, of reckless speculation to share with you, the listener, as we move forward here. I'm alone in Studio 66. Maximum strength! Allowed to spread my wings. At my whim! Momentarily, though, joining us on the telephone will be one of our very favorites here, one of the great football talkers out there, Ross Tucker. You can track him down at Ross Tucker NFL. And, of course, his great podcast, the Ross Tucker Podcast. He also does the Fantasy Feast with Evan Silva. They'll be jo- or He will be joining us to break down what's been going on here. Yeah, as I started to say before I was so rudely interrupted by Black Tie, the world, I feel like 90% at least, of the football world has decided Chip Kelly is loco. I listened to the Around the NFL podcast, and Mark Sessler called him a clown, and Dan Hanzu sarcastically calls him the genius. I don't understand what everybody, and it's not just those guys, everybody is up in arms about what Chip Kelly's done. Heath Evans, for a couple of years now, has said Chip Kelly's going to fall flat on his face here. Earlier this week, we were joined by Ladanian Tomlinson, and we'll play that for you. We, it's up on video right now. NFL.com and NFL Now, my 20, 25-minute long conversation with Ladanian Tomlinson. 
is up there in video form. You should check it out that way. Also caught up with Bucky Brooks on the podcast on Tuesday. He had gangbusters insight on why these deals went down the way they did, how effective Jimmy Graham is going to be up in Seattle. Lots of really good stuff out of Bucky. I encourage you, Nate, demand you go back and dig that up. And like I say, the Ladanian Tomlinson video. But again, if I'm getting too confusing here, we'll also have the audio of Ladanian Tomlinson for you coming up. But in the meantime, it'll be Ross Tucker. And so Ladanian and Bucky Brooks were in lockstep with, again, like I say, the vast majority of the football world, which is Chip Kelly is arrogant. He's loco. What's he doing? This makes no sense. He is going to fall on his face. He thinks he can win without superstars. Well, now you look at it. Isn't what, what, now, take, as I tweeted out early in the week and said on the podcast early in the week, he's not done yet. You can't judge a barber 19 seconds into a buzz cut. He looks ridiculous. Give him a little more time, and maybe things will work out. I don't think Chip Kelly is done yet. I've got, this is another wide receiver-rich draft, so you can assume he's going to add at least one pass catcher there, so it's not as though the cupboard is going to be bare come September there. And in the meantime, look back at what he did at Oregon. He likes a certain style of running back. I happen to think DeMarco Murray is that more than Shady McCoy. I love Shady McCoy. He's one of my favorite runners. He's one of my top three or five runners ever to watch in the NFL. I I, I love his style. I don't know that Chip Kelly agrees that that style specifically suits what he wants to do in Philly. Ryan Matthews in the fold. Darren Sproles. If this is what Chip Kelly wants to do, what's to say he won't devastate? He is attempting to revolutionize. To you know, people diminish that too. Oh, he's not—he's not the first one to ever do this. He's not the first one. Yes, he is doing unique things in pro football, given the 21st century restraints with the cap and everything else. A lot of it has to do with sustained greatness for a team, for a franchise. Obviously has to do with, unless you're the New England Patriots who have Tom Brady, the steady hand there for the last 15 years, most teams to stay relevant year after year must reboot. They must kick their higher end uh, dollar figure guys out the door, some of them at least, and reboot with those rookie contracts and, and cheaper options. To some degree, I think that's a little of what Chip Kelly's doing, although he ends up paying DeMarco Murray about the same amount that he's into Shady McCoy with. I feel, though, let's take a wait-and-see approach with Chip Kelly. I'm not willing to throw dirt on him as an NFL head coach because everyone else has decided he's loco. And by the way, the comparisons to the other people who've tried to do stuff don't hold much water for me when you consider that Chip Kelly's won 22 games in the NFL. He's been in the NFL for two years, and he's had double-digit win teams. He's not so absurd and, and, and irrational that he's driven this team into the ground. And one more thing on Sam Bradford. I don't know what he's going to be, but running that spread in Oklahoma lends itself to, in broad terms, what he is going to have to do in Philadelphia. And two, he's the higher pedigreed guy. This idea that Nick Foles is better, maybe he's more accomplished over the last two years. It's not like 2014 was a great one for Foles. But remember, Sam Bradford won the Rookie of the Year way back when with Pat Shermer as of his offensive coordinator. Pat Shermer now the offensive coordinator in Philly, so that makes a lot of sense to me. I, you know, and by the way, one other thing, and then we'll uh, dial up Ross Tucker here. I do uh, another point on this. Of the last 12 Super Bowl champions, nine of them 
have had Tom Brady, who won four of them, Ben Roethlisberger, who won two of them, Peyton Manning won one, Aaron Rodgers won one, and Drew Brees won one. Those are the Iron Five. That is, over the for the bulk of the 21st century, that is your Iron Five of the most elititudinous QBs in the NFL. If you have one of those, that offsets what other deficiencies you have on your team. You can still make a legitimate run at the Super Bowl in some seasons if you have one of those QBs. If you don't have one of those guys, and I don't think Chip Kelly was going to get any one of those five guys, then... That what's the other? What are the other three teams that have won the Super Bowl in the last dozen years? Teams that play great defense and run the ball. Well, now what's Chip Kelly set up to do? That defense is much improved from what it was last season, is it not? Now they add Kiko Alonso back there. They're fixing up the the uh, secondary and so on. And now on offense, they're all set to just grind you, grind you, and grind you some more on the ground. I don't understand all the belly aching about it. Black tie. How say you? I'll say me. Well, check this out. Ah, Elimination whoa. Chamber. Whoa. we get the rust sucker here. So these are remaining undrafted, unrestricted free agents who, you know, have had star potential at some point in their careers. So One of the Steelers going to do something. Jordan I know the Cameron. Steelers never do it, but this go. is the only bad part wait, about wait, being whoa, a Steelers fan. Let's, All right, go ahead. Here we go. Jordan Cameron, Brian O'Rakbo. My Steelers just never do it. Orlando McClain, Michael Crabtree, eliminate one. Well, I mean, those last two is who it comes down to. Do you want R- R- Rolando McClain with the big bounce? Decent, he had a pretty decent uh, – Yeah, but he's a ne'er-do-well, so you don't want that. And on the other hand, Michael Crabtree has something wrong with him. I don't know if it's a chronic situation with his foot. He denies the whole thing. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there with Michael Crabtree. I guess I would say – Arakpo Rol- also stays hurt quite a bit. That's my boy, but he stays hurt. I like Arakpo. I hope he's wearing black and gold. I, I really do think, by the way, that that is a little something that you're gonna you're gonna hear in the coming days, or maybe it's already happened. I think the Steelers quietly. You haven't heard anything about Arakpo, and you haven't heard you've heard hardly anything about the uh, the Steelers. I think OLB Brian Arakpo in Pittsburgh, a beautiful fit if I ever heard one. I think that that's the way that's gonna go down. Excuse me, I just hiccuped. Oh hey. Justin Forsett signed his contract. That was also he was also a part of our podcast earlier this week. Really one of the NFL's nice guys and he's been all over the place. That's one thing you can look at the video at nfl.com. We pull up all five of his teams and not only does he rate them based on quality of city, the food, the uniforms and everything else, but he really is all he's, he's been on five different NFL teams in just a few years. So good for him to land and get a nice stable situation there in Baltimore on, on a good team there. So nice for him and look that video up. But next week, Black Tie, is that when we're going to release it finally? Release what? I have no Antonio idea. Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. no, this is this weekend. Antonio oh, this Brown weekend. is this weekend. Antonio yeah. Brown was in here a couple days ago, and the time was positively gay. What a great time we had talking to A.B., the best receiver in pro football and that's not because I'm a Steelers fan. Because a, a lot of jokes, a lot of pranks. Yeah, Way pranks. Too much butt kissing, though, on your part. So I mean, you, you get at me for Russell Wilson, but this is this is insane. When I meet Russell Wilson, I talk to him like man to man. You were just such a fan of. Are you kidding Brown. me? I, I didn't tell talk to AB like a man. I looked him in the eye. I told him what and I you thought swooned. of him. Spooned. That's what you did. I did not. I told him. I we pulled up a picture of him. In uh, what, at the combine, was, and I made fun of him for that. What are you talking about? After calling him the best dressed, the best dancer, 
but just watch it. It's great stuff. And you do a little bit. I don't know if I said he is the best. I said he's among the best. Is he not among the most fashion-forward guys in the NFL? Is he not among the best dancers in the NFL? We'll let the audience decide. Everybody loves A.B.'s touchdown dance. All right, listen. I don't. You know one thing I do want to mention, though? The other video, I knew I wanted to mention one more. The Girl Scout uh, video is up for your perusal, NFL.com. That's also on the YouTube channel. Hey, subscribe to the NFL YouTube channel. Soon there will be a Dave Damashek-specific one. All the NFLs will be up there, all the other Huey and Applesauce we produce. In the meantime, go and find this Girl Scout cookie one. We talked to the biggest stars in the league, really, Calvin Johnson, J.J. Watt. Um, Todd Bowles, Bruce Lev Evans. Bell, Antonio I mean, Brown. Namath coaches, but I mean. Oh, Broadway Joe Namath. Broadway. And we rated the cookies. Jamal Charles. We did Thin Mints versus Samoas, and I forget black tie. But I bet I I, I would bet. I, I don't Marco know. Murray high hatted us though, so did Odell Beckham. Just saying. Is that right? Yeah, they just. Demarco Murray high hatted us. Yeah, I think Demarco did. It's either him, or somebody else. I don't know. Well, and a few guys just walk by. I don't care for that news. Set. I don't care for that news. No Thin Mints for him in the future. Yeah. But we asked them Thin Mint versus Samoa. What's the best? And um, and they weighed in on that. But I bet your answer is Samoa, right? Oh, no, I'm a Thin Mint guy. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Good for you, Black Samoa's, I mean, Samoa's a good. You have one or two. By the time you have a third one, you're kind of tired of it. Yes, that's right. It's a nice little fling for a little while, but, you know, can't go home to it. Yeah, I love – you know what? That The the thing about the Thin Mint, forget what they say about the one brand of potato chip. You can't eat just one. Thin Mint's an impossibility. You, could, you can polish off – because they give you now in the box, they give you the two long – plastic covered sleeves if i don't make it through one sleeve something's wrong with me i might be sick you know take me to a hospital all right let's get to him now i mentioned it before i mentioned it again now dial him up there black tie it's ross tucker at ross tucker nfl is the way you track him down let's get him on the phone hello tucker yes what's the poop fella how are you What's up, dude? It's an exciting week in pro football, even though there are no games. Ross Tucker, I brought this up earlier in the week. How say you on this? Free agency in the NFL now only takes a back seat to the NFL draft as the most exciting non-game sporting event in the U.S. of A. How say you? I think you're right, although I don't know, man. I mean, the way this week has gone, I think free agency might be bigger than the draft. I know the draft is different because of the hype leading up to it, and it's actually a made-for-TV event that, that plays out in front of us. But there's something about the unknown and the timing of it and the kind of the impending, we never know when some big news is going to break, the uncertainty of free agency and what's been going on you know, the last few days, I think might almost trump the draft at this point. I mean, those five minutes when there were three gigantic yeah, trades, that was the most insane thing I've ever seen. That was that was almost as insane as you disparaging Samoas on Twitter. Uh, I didn't listen. Well, I was going to say I didn't disparage Samoas because I like to be politically correct. But you know what? I'm throwing it out the window. Samoas are for children. Samoas are cloying. Why do people like them? Because they have everything on them. Thin mints, elegant simplicity. That's that's for a mature taste bud, you see? It, all it is, well, some chocolate, so here, some mint, and that's the end of it. Well, here's, here's the deal, okay? I tweeted you 
at Ross Tucker NFL, I clearly think that Thin Mints are preferable mm-hmm. to Samoas. Um, I, it's a tough call for me at this stage of my life between Thin Mints and Tagalongs for number one. I mean, Tagalongs it, are very strong, and I'm the first one to admit that maybe we slept on them a little bit, and it's unfair that they weren't even a part of this great debate. Right, but I think it's clear to me that Samoas are third, but just judging by the reaction and some of your retweets disparaging coconut as an entire uh, food product. That's I mean, not me. I like a coconut ice cream. Yeah, let's not let's not get out of control here and act like Samoas aren't good. They're still I mean, if there was a box of Samoas in front of me, I would I would down a sleeve right now. I just prefer Thin mints and tagalongs, and that's a lot. This is really, to me, what free agency is about. I mean, you know, there's a guy you like, but you prefer this other guy. But if there's no thin mints available, believe me, I'm gonna eat the crap out of some Samoas. Well, like I say, I mean, it's it's just not for a discerning taste bud, though, because of course it tastes fine. It what it, what's it got in it? Everything. It's got all food in it. It's got caramel. It's got chocolate. It's got the cu- well. Of course, it tastes fine because they they took the easy route. Uh, they they did the kitchen sink thing. So what? What does that do? I'll tell you what it does. Remember the dream team in Philadelphia, the Eagles, a few years ago. That's what happens with the Samoa. Give me elegant simplicity. You understand? I get it. I get. It. Look, that's a good analogy I just came up with. Game. Any dream team, they never win because it's too much. You throw too many stars, and then there's conflict. That's what the Samoa does to your taste. That to- totally ruined the Miami Heat those two years. Good call. <laughs> hey, you just gave me an idea before we and, and say uh, we we start kibitzing, and I want to get your thoughts on all the free agency noise. But real quick, I don't know if I told you this before, but uh, let me float this for you, Tucker. My pal, cousin Sal from the Kimmel Show, and so on, had this idea for another great TV event. You talk about, you know, we talk free agency and the draft and all that stuff. The NFL is really good at promoting these non-game uh, things. They even promote the schedule release at this point. How about this? At the end of the wild card round, on Sunday night, the coach of the team with the first with, with the number one seed goes to a podium and announces which of the two wild cards he wishes to play the following week. That would be the greatest TV event there is. Yeah, we. I, I think you might have mentioned that on my podcast. I think uh, I did. Yeah, Ross I think Tucker, I did. I think you mentioned that on the Ross Tucker football podcast. And, yes, I, I love that idea. I actually, knowing how much of an auction lover you are when you came on my, my Fantasy Feast podcast, I think that there's some things the NFL could do with free agency from an auction perspective, that would be absolutely <laughs> awesome. I mean, can you imagine auction, yeah, if that would these be guys great. like walked down the catwalk like Zoolander, and and teams were <laughs> saying how much they paid, or if there was like a live auctioneer, like what happens? I mean, that's how people sell like stock mm-hmm. and their houses in rural Pennsylvania, where my wife's from. There's an auctioneer. They're like. Hey, we're going to sell the house Saturday at 9 a.m. If you want in, be there. And people literally raise their hand to, to auction it. I mean, that would be unbelievable. 
I, I well, I love this idea, and hopefully it can be enacted in early January of 2016. I assume Commissioner Goodell is listening to us have this conversation. Two of the two of the stronger voices in pro football, and uh, so Goodell will probably. Um, take note of what we're talking about here. All right, let's talk about free agency in the meantime. If you haven't heard, DeMarco Murray is now a Philadelphia Eagle, Ross Tucker. I have many thoughts on this, but I'm going to start with you. What do you think now that we have not even still the full picture of what Chip Kelly's going for, but we have a much better sense of it than we did two, three, four days ago? Well, this is the second consecutive Eagles move that I really don't understand. I mean, hmm. not paying Macklin that much, I got. Not wanting to pay Shady McCoy $10 million this year. Uh, I understood getting something back. Alonzo, I got. Max, I mean, I understood a lot of their moves. I still will never get the draft pick compensation in the Foles for Bradford swap. The only explanation is that either Chip got hoodwinked or that there was another suitor for Sam Bradford, which drove the draft picks that the Eagles had to offer. But this DeMarco Murray one is really stunning to me. I mean, there's a reason why guys with that many touches always suffer the next year. I think he very much benefited from the Cowboys' offensive line. There's also a reason why the Cowboys... Yeah, but don't the Eagles... But uh, but it, it can't the case be made that the Eagles' offensive line was just uh, um, uh, you know uh, inordinately decimated by injury last year and will return? I know Evan Mathis is is out there and all that, but still, isn't that the 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 collective of that offensive line pretty good? Isn't it? It's a top six or eight offensive line yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, yes, it is a good offensive line. But if you move Shady in part because you feel like. You, you wanted some other running back and you didn't think Shady was the right fit or worth the money. I don't understand why the Eagles had to, based on what I've understood, way hmm. outbid everybody for DeMarco Murray. I mean, $21 million guaranteed. They had Shady McCoy the next three years for $1 million. I mean, he had $1 million of this year's you know, $10 million salary guaranteed. And the next two years, you had him at like 6.9, 7.9 for nothing guaranteed. I, I Look, I, I think I'd rather have Ryan Matthews at $4 million a year than De, and, and, and minimal guarantees than DeMarco Murray at $8 million a year. I'm, I'm confused and perplexed, to say the least, by that. I mean, Justin Forsett's getting $3 million a year. You tell me where the value is of giving DeMarco Murray $8 million a year when Mark Ingram's getting $4 million a year in New Orleans, Forsett, $3 million a year in Baltimore. I, you know, look, I think DeMarco Murray will probably have a pretty good year behind that offensive line. I just think the Eagles way overpaid for him. Well, the fumbling issues for DeMarco, including last season aside, you know, I, yeah, I, I get you on this big, uh, this big dollar figure being handed around to, uh, to these running backs. And by the way, as we mentioned uh, before he joined us here, it's at Ross Tucker NFL really does make some good sense. Yes, you, you, do, you bring some mirth and sarcasm uh, um, in your tweets about free agency, but a must follow right now as uh, these personnel moves are happening all over the NFL. And people go, crazy they, they get hyperbolic about oh it's devastating or it's a miracle you're leaning I'm surprised against Chip Kelly here because I know everybody's saying what's wrong with this guy he seems loco but to me 
the play I first uh, uh, this week we've talked to Bucky Brooks the uh, the scout we talked to Ladanian Tomlinson and both of those guys pointed out that Chip Kelly they basically indicated well this is the hubris of Kelly to think that his system will work and he doesn't need superstars to employ it well now he has superstars Sam Bradford by pedigree was the first overall draft pick nobody thought anything of Nick Foles and the jury is still I guess probably out on him Sam Bradford was the rookie of the year you know he's the bum knees I understand but so you have uh, an improvement at quarterback overall in all likelihood there DeMarco Murray is not as good in my book as Shady McCoy but you're you, you know you're an offensive lineman isn't his running style more conducive to what Chip Kelly likes to do? And by the way, Darren Sproles is still there, and it's a wide receiver-rich draft coming up here, so I assume Chip Kelly assumes he'll go do that. And don't forget also, he still has uh, Jordan Matthews from last year who, had the, who, in the second half of the year, quietly became a bit of a touchdown maker. Well, I don't agree on Bradford and DeMarco Murray as being superstars. I mean, number one. Not superstars, but at least pedigree. At least pedigree. I'd rather have Nick Foles as opposed to Sam Bradford. And then when you consider Bradford's missed the last 25 games with two torn ACLs, and he's making $13 million when Nick Foles is making $1.3 million, I think it was a pretty horrendous trade by the Eagles. But clearly (laughs) – Pat Shermer, the Eagles offensive coordinator, believes in him, so they're going with it. I do like the fact that DeMarco Murray is more of a downhill running back. I think there were too many negative yardage runs by Shady, and, and you know we was, were always taught when I was playing that a negative yardage run is so devastating to try to get a first down on that series. But everybody that's just ripping the crap out of Shady McCoy and Chip Kelly's offense I mean, you know, the year before he led the NFL in rushing, right? So I love so I love Shady. He was a great fit for the offense, and all of a sudden in 2014, he's a terrible fit for the offense. Well, I don't. Are you insinuating that it it has something to do with personalities? It seems as though that uh, I mean, you're there in Harrisburg, PA, in the uh, in uh, the Keystone State's capital, close to Philadelphia. Can you uh, shed any light on this? What uh, what really is now, a year later, with Deshaun Jackson, and now you include Shady McCoy, does Chip Kelly, is he some sort of tyrant? Is he is he Machiavellian and he doesn't like the lip those guys give him, or what? I, I think that he looks at it as if they're not totally buying in to what I'm preaching, I don't want them around here, especially if they're making a lot of money. And there's no question that Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy have very strong opinions of themselves, which is fine, but also they were skeptical of a lot of the things that that Chip was doing, and they were brought up um, in a culture, uh, you know, of the NFL these days, where I think a lot of times when these guys, a lot of these skill guys, they get big money, they think that they're, you know, bigger than the team, and Clearly, Shady McCoy had voiced his displeasure with some of the things they were doing in Philadelphia. You know what? Kerry Williams did, too. That's part of the reason why Kerry Williams mm-hmm. got cut. I don't think Chip Kelly wants guys there that have openly questioned his training methods. 
All right, we have plenty of time until the draft, and, and I know free agency is far from done. But right now, fair or otherwise, I put out my NFC and AFC seedings already, and people go crazy when you do that, Tucker, in March. People go crazy. How dare you rip my team six months before football is played again? But anyway, just long and short, who wins the NFC East now? Are the, uh, are the Eagles, Cowboys? I don't, I, I don't know about what's going on in D.C., but I think quietly the Giants. How say you? Right now, I, I, I'm still going to say the Cowboys. I, I'm, oh. I'm not a believer in Bradford until I see it. And I think the Cowboys, I don't know who it'll be. Uh, maybe it's Ryan Matthews. Maybe it's a kid in the draft. But I think the Cowboys will still be able to run the ball. I mean, I think Joseph Randall averaged like six yards a carry when he got the ball last year. And he got the ball more than 50 times. So that's more than two games worth. And he averaged like 6.7 yards a carry. So I think the Cowboys will still be able to run the ball. They still have Dez. They still have Romo, who's light years better than Sam Bradford. So as it currently stands, I will take the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Now let's talk about, and I do want to talk to you about the Broncos too. Is uh, we'll, we'll squeeze that in at the back end. But real fast, let me throw something at you. Saints fans are going crazy, and you know I don't have sources. I don't fall back on, well, this is how when I was playing, that, so I can extract, uh, I can read the tea leaf because of my playing days and understanding how pro football works behind the scenes. I just recklessly speculate, you know? Yeah. And, and my reckless speculation is this. Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis are not so daft that they just gave away Jimmy Graham for no good reason. They got a first-round draft pick now at the back end at 31 to go along with number 13. Drew Brees, 36, coming off what for him was a down year. Why couldn't they? Why wouldn't they flip him? Wouldn't Dan Snyder jump at the chance to get Drew Brees in exchange for that first-round pick at number five? And, and by the way, they could throw away RG3 if they wanted to. Or But, I mean, that's the bones of the deal. Or, by the way, the Jets, too. Woody Johnson loves to make a splash. Why not do that? He has those two. Now he has Marshall and Decker in a very good defense. Shoot for the moon right here and now. I think both of those organizations would consider a trade for Drew Brees. I think a lot of teams would consider a trade for Drew Brees. I don't think the Saints are one of them. You really you think know, the I Saints mean, wouldn't it, make it, that deal? You really think the Saints, if they if they said, all right, we're going to get Mariota, obviously that would be the end game in making a deal to move up to five or six. If they know, maybe it won't happen until draft day, um, but, you know, because Tennessee at two might take them. But after that, it would it would seem to be D.C. or the Jets that would take Mariota there. Maybe they, they – you really think that Drew Brees at this age, without Jimmy Graham now, things in flux down there? What's the point of holding on to him? They're not going to win a Super Bowl in 2015. Well, I understand that. But, I, first of all, I don't think that they would think that Marcus Mariota is their type of quarterback, number uh. one. Number two – that is a really, really big risk to take. And coming off of what happened last year, you know, I mean, maybe you could argue that getting Mariota would buy them some time, but they have mismanaged that cap check so mm-hmm. bad. I mean, how you give Jimmy Graham a $12 million signing bonus last year and then trade him the next year so you mm-hmm. have $9 million in dead money hit your cap? I mean, I like Mickey Loomis personally, but – their cap right now is atrocious. And I don't, I mean, I still think you have a, a two or three year window to be good if you have Breeze. If you have Mariota, you are really, really 
revamping this whole thing. Uh, look, it's not – I'm not going to say there's a 0% chance, but I don't think it's a very big chance. Because that also, by the way, if you look at, at Drew Brees' contract, that would also be an insane amount of dead money against their cap that I'm not even sure they could pull off. They would have to cut uh, some guys. Now, they would lose his salary, which would help, and that would free some stuff up. But that would be a ton of more dead money to hit their cap. I'm not sure they could afford it seems to me you're you're smarter than I am. You went to fancy Ivy League school, and I'm a state school product, and and uh, you, you you get the numbers better than I. I don't like math. Yeah, that's my thing. I, I I've said it before. I'll say it again. Addition, I get. You have to learn that in school. Subtraction, you have to learn. Multiplication tables, up to ten, maybe twelve. I get. Long, and now we have the computers and the the cell phones. I don't need to waste my time with math. Anyway, that's a, I, I, it's a, a you know I think we'd be better served having our young people read books instead of learning this math. Why do I did I have to go to algebra year after year? I'm sorry, I'm getting upset. Black tie behind no, the glasses. You, know you know what? There's some truth to this because, like in high school, I remember geometry. What was that calculus, for? Trigonometry. To what, what end? What was the point of that? Did I did, did I need that? What what have I done with it in my adult life? Nothing is the answer. What, what a waste was of the time. Point of that? All all you really need is a calculator. I mean, that's a pretty fair point. Although I don't know if you had this out in Pittsburgh. Do you guys have the Mad Minute when you're in third grade? No. The Mad Minute was it was sixty multiplication things, and you had sixty seconds, right? So it was eight times four, which by the way is thirty-two. Nice. And then the next one would be like. Seven times nine, which incidentally is sixty-three. Nice, I, you're I, on a I roll, pulled man. All kind of records at my school. <laughs> I was unbelievable. Like my greatest talent in life might be the Mad Minute from third grade. I could do like forty-five in a minute. No other kid could get more than like twenty-five. I, I was I was the John Nash of the Mad Multiplication Table Minute. You know what? You're the Dave Damashek of Mad Minute because when when it comes to Damashek in the spelling bee. I was dominant. I didn't get one word wrong in spelling quizzes all through fourth grade or fifth grade. I think it was fifth grade. I didn't miss a set. See, I'm not good at the numbers. I couldn't remember fourth or fifth, but I know I never missed a single spelling question an entire school year. No, I, I, I won the spelling bee in fifth grade, strong finish in sixth grade. Then I go to seventh grade in front of the seventh, eighth and ninth graders. I got hundredth wrong. You know, like one hundredth. I forgot the D in hundredth, and it still eats at me today. <laughs> That's pretty good. You just brought it full circle. We got to get black tie. We got to get uh, Tucker back on here because I like talking about life resume, the things that you're good at in life. Um, like I'm, I'm the best order of food at a restaurant I've ever known. Like I want to get, uh, I, but we have to really spend a solid half hour on that at some point before we let you go. The Broncos are doomed, right? They're they're in bad bad trouble, right? Just one word answer. They are, are they going to win the division still with all these losses that they're taking? Yes, they'll still win the division. Hmm. But as I tweeted recently, you got to be kidding me if you're going to spend if you're going to have Peyton Manning take a four million dollar pay cut, even though he didn't have to. You weren't going to cut the guy, and yet Raheem Moore, Julius <laughs> That's Thomas, right. That's right. Orlando Franklin. It looks like Terrence Knighton. It looks like all these guys are walking out the door. You know, if I'm one of these quarterbacks, Brady, who saw the Patriots let Revis go, or Peyton Manning, if I take a pay cut, I'm going to put it in there. 
I'll take a pay cut, but you better promise to re-sign <laughs> this guy and this guy and that guy. It's unbelievable. These guys take pay cuts, and then the teams don't even keep the guys you think they should keep. It's pretty unreal. <laughs> that is a great point. All right, the great Ross Tucker, everybody. You can hear why you need to follow him. He knows it all. He even gets the numbers behind it, so my reckless speculation he can shoot down. But it is uh, at Ross Tucker NFL. He's got the podcast with uh, with Elvin Silva. He does the Fantasy Feast. All your football needs covered by the great Ross Tucker and uh, great catching up with you, fella. We've got to get someday the dream show for Damashek, not for these guys, but for mm. Damashek. Tucker, Hawk, Ike, Terrence Newman. That's it. Good night. Well, That's the end you. of it. Good night, rest of other TV shows. I mean, yeah. that would be the show. We do that seven days a week to the delight of, of not just the football world, but the world, period. NFL slash life podcast as one uh one Twitter and then we bring in other guys we talk to him listen no jive I I maybe I uh, did some stuff maybe we did this yesterday and not today I'll pull back the curtain you can look at the video of this interview with the great Ladanian Tomlinson um on NFL.com look for it because it's worth it NFL to see. now as well yep and NFL now much better as a video. Well, it is better as a vi- well. It's a compelling stuff that he has to say. He had uh, some really interesting yeah, but you conversations. Get the full with Frank, if you watch it. All right, I'm selling. What do, what, what, what do you need to do? You double down on the sell. Speaking of selling, though, Russ Sucker does a great job selling his show and his Twitter handle. Whenever Boy, that comes up, he works that in. He knows how automatic. to work that in. He's it's a automatic. Such we should. A you know what I want to do next time? Next time we bring him in. I want you to I want you to have a ding every time he promotes something of his own. I want you <laughs> He's to ding really him. good at that, man. Yeah, it's... we should. That would be. <laughs> I should have thought of that in advance. We need Such to do a great that. Skill. But we did talk to Ladanian Tomlinson, and the video is interesting because he does deliver a message to young LT with the cornrows and diamond studs in both ears and all that kind of stuff. He gives a little life advice to him on the video. But in general, he has some great thoughts on the experience of being a free agent. Of course, he went from the Chargers to the Jets, and then we dig in on what the Eagles are doing and all the other big free agent noise there. So here you go. Right now, it is me and LaDainian Tomlinson. Free agency is upon us. Let's talk about all of it or as much as we possibly can with one of the all-time great seated to my immediate left. That's right, it's Ladanian Tomlinson. What's the poop, fella? Oh, a lot of poop right now, Dave. Yes. A lot of poop going yes. on. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think you, you said it best there. LT, talk about in general, before we jump in on some of the specific major moves that we that we have seen so far this week, what is it like? You spend all that time with the Chargers. You're essentially the face of the franchise for so long. It's, you know, it's Southern California. It's lovely. What's it like to then all of a sudden move across the country and start all brand new? What advice would you give to all the guys out there that are going through that? Well, you change your mindset, actually. Um, your mindset goes to a, a place where, you know, it's, it's totally different. you got to earn the respect of everyone in that new building. You have to go in and build relationships with new guys, uh, kind of, um, you know, uh, integrate yourself into their system and all that kind of stuff. So you have to have a different mindset. You can no longer, Dave, think about the past. When I did it, I, I, I promise you, I did not think about San Diego not one time. Really? Once, once I closed that chapter, it was over for me. I, I, you know, I was moving on to the New York Jets. It was all go 
Jets, and I never once, I never thought about the Chargers. Well, a fascinating guy right now, one of your former teammates, Darrell Revis, has really redefined free agency <laughs> from the player's perspective, what he's doing. I don't know who else could do it, but Darrell Revis, as you may have heard, is now a New York Jet mm-hmm. after being a Patriot, after being a Buccaneer, after being a New York Jet. <laughs> so what do we make of all this? Well, i, I tell you, man, and, and I said – few days ago, Dave, I said, I believe Revis is going to go back to New York. Hmm. That's his professional home. He, you know, he feels admiration for that organization. Every player does. And the, the fans on Twitter, you know, they, they, they killed me. You know, what are you talking about? Going back to the Jets? Why? You know, he got a Super Bowl ring. You're hating on the Patriots, you know, and, and here's what I'll say to the fans. Now, you know, I grew up in Texas. I was a huge Cowboy fan. You know, and I I wore my emotions like I, I lived and died with the Cowboys every Sunday. And so I was emotionally caught up in the team. You couldn't say anything bad about anybody from the Cowboys. But I didn't understand the mindset of a player until I got on this side of, you know, the fence. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I'll say to the fans is sometimes you can't get caught up in your emotions for the team and think about the mindset of the player, and you will probably understand why Rivas went back. He went back because he had to finish something in New York that he started. I mean, it's, it's plain and simple. So there are cynics out there that are saying, this is just a shameless money grab for this guy. Why wouldn't he chase another ring with the Patriots? Where do you come down on leaving the Patriots in favor of the Jets? Do you like the fit from the Jets' perspective at that you know, pretty – Pretty uh, Tony neighborhood that he's now living in, $16 million uh, well, annually. Yeah, well, listen, you know, a, a wise man once told me that um, you never get paid what you're worth and, you know, you, you either get overpaid or you get underpaid. Think about it. Mm-hmm. And so, Revis, we can say maybe he got overpaid just a little bit. But in the Jets' mind, he didn't get over, he didn't, they didn't overpay at all. You know, because he brings something to a team, an identity of a team that Ty Bowles wants and Woody Johnson, the owner, wants in terms of bringing his star back, selling tickets and all that kind of stuff. So I think he got paid, you know, pretty much what the market for Revis is right now. I mean, it was a perfect storm for him. Think about it. And and so, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, this was all a plan for Revis to, to go back eventually. I, I, I Listen, I like from, like you say, Woody Johnson, that's very real. I mean, he has a rivalry with the New England oh, yeah. Patriots. They've been the division's bully, so I understand it from a PR standpoint. From a football perspective, though, legitimately, do you buy that the Jets and maybe the Dolphins and maybe the Bills, and really it's, it's that addition – you're taking. You're not just bringing Revis in. You just took him away from the arch yeah. rival and, like I say, the bully of the division. I kind of feel like the AFC has now just all been thrown up in the air. You <laughs> take Revis away and Browner from the Patriots. Do you think that the Jets or any of those other teams can actually take a run at the Patriots uh, in 2015? I think it's possible. I think it's very possible because the idea to me, and this is the way I think, um, the ideal thing for you to do when you're fighting for a division and we know the Patriots have won this division, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to fight for a division to take it over from a team to win it, you know, the best thing you could do is improve yourself but weaken that team yeah, at right. the same time. And so think about they did – the Jets did that with that move. But also with the move that Miami did with Indomitian Sue, 
it's all about stacking pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Because in New England, it's still about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So everyone in that division knows we have to have one hell of a defense hmm. to be able to stop those guys. Because Bill can put together a defense. He proved it last year, bring in pieces. And, and let me just say, the table is not set in New England yet. Agreed. There's a long off season. They're going to continue to make smart, quality moves. Yeah, and, and uh, like you say, yeah, diminishing that other team. Just real quick, because we want to talk Jimmy Graham and everything else here. But real quick, does um, does the ability to um, – oh, I'm sorry, we'll fix this. But does um, – how real is it? Because you, you went, like we say, from the Chargers to the Jets. Are you able to say – to Rex Ryan when you're with the Jets. Here's what the Chargers like to do in this situation. <laughs> Can Revis go practically and say, here's what uh, Tom Brady likes to do in this situation, guys? Well, yeah, you can, you can give some opinion on, schematically on, on how the coach thinks, how Bill Belichick may think in certain situations. I, I absolutely. But at the same time, there's still no for sure thing that, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to change up some of their calls and they might do things a little bit differently from when they had that particular player. Like, for in my, my you know, for my experience, when I played the Chargers, it, you know, it, it was kind of a different defense, different personnel, mm-hmm. uh, different personnel rather. And so I, there was nothing I can really tell them. I can say, you know, certain things about what Eric Weldon, how he did certain things, but – most of the guys, you know, were 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 move, moving on. You know, I guess from that's the, the NFL Georgia. of the twenty first century. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, there are some things there that maybe you can contribute to and help the coach, but not really. All right, let's talk about now the big move in the NFC. Suddenly, the number one seed, the two, uh, the team that's been in the Super Bowl the last two years, suddenly got even better with Jimmy Graham. And I don't think some Saints fans are too happy about it, including, I assume, their quarterback is a fan, a fan of the team. <laughs> and I don't know about tweeting this out the morning after Jimmy Graham, your favorite target, gets taken away. Is this tweaking Sean Payton and company? Uh, Well, that might be a little bit of, you know, if I know, I know Drew Brees, you know, and he's showing a little respect. He, mm-hmm. He's kind of telling Jimmy, hey, you know, this is what my family thinks about you. My son is, is wearing your jersey on the mm-hmm. day that you're leaving town. And so it's just to show Jimmy Graham some appreciation from his quarterback. All right, Jimmy Graham, if nothing else, all right, we can talk about his blocking or lack thereof. <laughs> but, boy, he is a world-class pass catcher, yeah. obviously. What do you think this means for Seattle? Um, I, I think this means a lot for Seattle in particular, you know, Russell Wilson. I, I think this is that next step for his, his growth and development. This is the type of guy he needs to, to take that next step. Mm-hmm. And, you know, say what you want, but all of these moves, not having Max Unger moving on from Max, bringing a tight end, a pass-catching tight end, this signifies to me that they're changing the identity of this team away from Marshawn Lynch to eventually move on from him and make this – Russell Wilson's team. And so um, interesting because you're right. Marshawn Lynch has a year, maybe two years, and then that's going to be it, you would think. Uh, absolutely. It is. And, you know, so I, I think, you know, listen, they're going to they're going to rob Marshawn Lynch. There's no doubt about that this year. But they're going to start to make some strides in the passing game. Well, that's what this is about. And, you know, this guy, Luke Wilson, not the actor, the sometimes pass catcher <laughs> for them, slipped behind the defense. How frightening is this to the rest of the NFC to say, we can't stop the football pick and roll of Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson. 
Doug Baldwin gets behind us sometimes. What's Jimmy Graham going to do? to? I mean, they're going to be devastating offensively, right? I, I, I think so. I think they're going to be really good. But, you know, that two tight end system that we'll see with Jimmy and, and, and Luke Wilson, I think that's going to start to emerge and become more prevalent in their offense. Mm. In particular, because a young quarterback still, as Russell Wilson is, the middle part of the field is the best field, best part of the field for a quarterback to see. And, and so I, I think that's going to help his development. And they won't have to test the outside of the per, the perimeter, you know, too much. I think they can focus in on those two tight ends, that running back, and they got a pretty good plan going. Egad, yeah, it's it it really is. They are to me the clear cut best team in the. Think NFC about it. They haven't had point, yeah. a first round pick, but they continue to to make moves like this and make runs for championships. All right, Unbelievable. Let's, now let's talk about one of the teams that is a would be contender in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. The football world is up in arms. What's Chip Kelly doing? He's insane. I just said it before we started, and because I amuse myself, I'm going to repeat it, LT. I feel like judging Chip Kelly this early on in free agency is a little like evaluating a barber 19 seconds into a buzz cut. <laughs> Let's wait. I mean, yeah, it looks ridiculous now, but don't we have enough faith in this guy? Or I mean, I feel like I believe what he's doing is getting pedigree, if nothing else. He gets Ryan Matthews now from the Chargers, a guy who I assume you're pretty familiar with and have some thoughts on. Yeah. But, you know, listen – don't you? And by the way, Sam Bradford, at least in pedigree, doesn't mean he's better at pro football. But he was the first overall picker. He's better than Nick Foles, right? And Ryan Matthews and Sproles and so yeah. on. You know the problem, Dave. The problem is, you know, uh, you know us so-called experts and football people. When we can't predict what a, a guy's doing, when we can't predict what a coach, what kind of moves he's making, oh, he's crazy. He doesn't know. <laughs> That's what happens, you know. Yeah, right. And and Chip has a, a interesting mind. He has a different way of doing things. I think we're, we're starting to see that. So, like you said, let's just wait and see how the the cars play out because some of the pieces that he's starting to pick up are decent pieces that he can plug into his offense and, and make it work. Now, Chip has shown in the past that he doesn't really need superstar players in his offense, right? I mean, this was back in college. Now, this is the National Football League, and I believe you still need some superstar players on your offense. Now, Chip has to prove me wrong. So maybe he can do that with, with the addition of Ryan Matthews and maybe Sam Bradford. And then, oh, by the way, we're hearing rumors that DeMarco Murray might be on his way. I mean, well. if he gets Murray, again, pedigree, <laughs> all right, injury-prone perhaps collectively, but also, like I say, blue chippers. That was a pun, everybody. <laughs> all right, because his name's Chip Kelly. You got it? <laughs> but Kelly Green, blue chip. All right, I'm confused. Let's move on and talk about Frank Gore. Yeah. He abandons the Eagles. It looks like that's where he's headed, but instead now – Indianapolis, how about that fit? Gore have some stuff. I mean, we, we have this conversation for literally the last four years. Do you feel Gore has uh, some stuff left in the tank there? I, I think he does. I, I think he would be highly motivated. In fact, I talked to uh, Gore a couple of nights ago. Oh, uh, and, name you know, drop. Um, he actually he t he told me the reason why he changed his mind. He said he was set to go to the Eagles, but he started looking at some of the moves that Chip was making or was not making. 
Jeremy Macklin, not re-signing Jeremy Macklin. Some other things, the offense and, and whatnot, the quarterback situation was big to him. And the scheme. He's always been in that power scheme mm-hmm. type of offense. Chip runs the zone scheme. So he has some concerns about that. And how would Chip use him? He never got that defined. And so he knew that with Indy, he knew Pep Hamilton. You know, he knew Chuck Pagano. He knew the offense already, that power scheme. It was a perfect fit yeah, for him. And he couldn't up. pass up the fact of playing with Andrew Luck. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You might win a Super Bowl next year. Interesting, and I, I think the Colts are now the most talented team. Again, we're very early on in this right. offseason, but I like where the Colts are headed. I think they're the most talented team in the AFC right now, top to bottom. All right, let's skip over. I want to get a couple things real fast here. I like to play Patrick Willis. We're talking about Frank Gore's uh, teammate there. Patrick Willis retires, I believe, Ladanian Tomlinson. As modest a fellow as you are, I do think you're going to get that gold jacket sooner rather than later. I know, I don't want to I don't want to jinx anything. Patrick Willis though, Hall or nothing. I, I th- will he get yeah, one? I, I think so. Played I, long I, enough. He played long enough, but you know, I I don't get caught up too much on guys that don't play have a long career. You know, like I believe anywhere from 6 to to six years beyond, that's a long enough career if you dominate Agreed. the game when you play. You know, I, and this guy, he dominated the game. You know, I remember when I first played against him, he was just a young player. But the way he was able to get sideline to sideline was unbelievable. It was like Ray Lewis all over again, being able mm. to diagnose plays unbelievably. But the thing where he stood out the most to me was the way he was able to to cover people in a passing game. Mm -hmm. That's why he was able to stay on the field three downs. And boy, I mean, he he has done it at a high level every single year that he has played the game. So absolutely, he's a Hall of Famer in my book. Side note that's weird. Two of the most rugged middle linebackers ever, Patrick Willis and Jack Lambert, both have their careers ended by a bad toe. That seems weird. Hey, let's talk about. Uh, I want to. Yeah, I don't know if you know in uh, in social media these days. There, a lot of people are doing this. Tell something uh. to your younger self. Look at that guy with the with the cornrows and the double diamond studs and all that jazz. What do you tell this character coming out of TCU, fifth overall pick? What are you gonna tell him? Get the money, kid. <laughs> just, just, get the, just get the money. No, I would, I would, I would just say, you know, um, enjoy. It's a, it's a short time period of your life playing in the National Football League, but it, it's definitely an honor. But do everything possible um, that you can to, to, you know, to, um, to make sure that value doesn't drop on the field, off the field. You know, a lot of times. Um, I don't know, man. I think, honestly, Dave, I, I think for, for me, I, I got to say I did it the way I wanted to, and I did it the right way. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't a guy that, you know, got in trouble off the field or anything like that. I wasn't a bad teammate. I didn't cause any problems. So there's not much I, I, I can say to this young guy. That's about as much praise as I've ever heard you <laughs> give yourself, but you really did. I mean, really, I mean, beloved in the community, good guy, charitable, and, uh, of course, one of the all-time best at the position. Real quick, we you, you mentioned you're from Texas, and your team is the Houston Rockets <laughs> in the rugged Western Conference. It's unbelievable. Lay it on me. Who's your MVP? Your boy James Harden there with the beard. Do I look like James Harden with the beard at all? Yeah, you, you got I? a little Thank bit. You. Steph or LeBron? 
Who's your MVP? Don't don't be don't be a homer. You oh, forgot right. about we, Russell. <laughs> I guess okay, he deserves okay. it. Okay, okay. All so, those triple doubles. Um, I go four to one. Okay, four would be LeBron James. You know, LeBron has had a terrific season, uh, but Kyrie Irving has had a terrific season as mm-hmm. well. So I think Kyrie kind of takes some of the votes away uh, from LeBron. Um, three would be Russell uh, Russell Westbrook. He would be my, my my third. And the only reason why he's not higher is because, you know, he hasn't done it, the, you know, the whole season. Exactly. He right. hasn't done it the whole season. And this this last month has been tremendous. I mean, it's about the triple doubles just about every night. Crazy. My goodness, he is on a tear. And number two would be my man James Harden. Oh, yeah, he, look he at would be number two. Um, James has had a terrific year, but he's, you know, he's missed some time and, uh, you know he's done a terrific job, but you 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 can't argue with Steph Curry. Both I mean, these guys have learned to play defense. All of a sudden, yes. isn't that funny? Yes, but what Steph is doing, man, he's uh he really has a command of that offense. He's he's the unquestioned leader, but he's been doing it all season. I think he's only missed one or two games all season. Mm-hmm. But to have his team at the top of the Western Conference, which in my opinion is the best conference in basketball. I mean, he has to be the MVP. I'd like to see a horse game between him and Larry Bird. Ooh. That would be that would be the best oh, of that all would time. Be yeah. Awesome. Let's replace the whole All Star Game weekend with that uh, with just watching those two play horse. Well, maybe it could be extra uh, super califragilistic expialidocious <laughs> is what it would have to be. All right, the great. LaDainian Tomlinson. See, we talk NBA, it's going on, and yet NFL is the headline in yep. the sports world, even here in mid March. Thanks for uh, joining us, you LT. Got it, Dave. Dave, LT, another nice guy, and you know what, Black Tie? Add him to the list of the the. Uh, it's good, the, man. I like the, I like his honest NBA talk. The TBD show that we just put together has just added another cast. At LT, LT, where are we all gonna sit? The only thing I'm worried about is that if we add anyone else, the first, you know, who's gonna get uh, bumped out of this equation no idea the man who put it together the one who who pulled all this talent in the first place i mean i'm gonna be the one who's left out on the outside looking in after i'm gonna be like rex ryan now i know who how rex ryan feels with all these guys uh, coming back into the uh, coming back to the jets after he's gone they're gonna be having a gay old time it's gonna be lt and ike and ross tucker and hawk and all the good times will be rolling and they'll be like how did we meet in the first place I don't remember. Oh, yeah, it was that potbelly guy. Yeah, whatever his name was. Dan, was it? That's how I'll be. Yeah, exactly. But I will tell you this. So after Tuesday's podcast, man, Bucky. I mean, Bucky's, Bucky brought the heat. You know? Bucky was Bucky Brooks was dynamite. I really encourage you. Not because the stuff isn't outdated. His thoughts aren't outdated at this point on some of the big acquisitions. Specifically, what I loved was Bucky going through the X's and O's. If you enjoy the X's and O's, go back and listen to that because he really details how devastating that Seahawks offense is going to be with Jimmy Graham and uh, really shine some light on that, as well as connect some dots for you on how these things come to be. Um, It has to do with the relationships. Sam Bradford, rookie season, his offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, now Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator in Philly. It all comes together, and uh, Bucky connects those dots for you. All right. A couple of things, though. A couple of things before we head out. So, obviously, you know what the MLB is doing with Will Ferrell, right? Have you heard about this? 
that he's playing a yeah, position or something. He's yeah. playing apparently he's playing all nine positions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read yeah. something about that. So my question is, if he had to pick one legitimate movie star, I guess I'm not a big Will Ferrell guy, but he had to pick a movie star to play in an NFL game, who would it be? One. You only get one. It's got to be a fella. Like, yeah. <laughs> do I want this team to win or do I want it to well, lose? Well, who's most likely, if you had to pick one that could actually go through it? Cause I'd like to see it, Tom Cruise the only plot, way, try uh, try being a cornerback again like he oh, was in uh, All the Right Moves. Let's see how he how he does against uh, Brandon Marshall. I contend MLB is the only way you can, only sport you can do that in, right? You can't have just a random guy step on an NBA court or, you know, step on an NFL field. But if you had to choose one actor, who would it be? Well, as a side note, one of the more ridiculous experiences that I've had in uh, over the last uh, many years out here in Los Angeles was on the man show. Kimmel and Corolla went to Dodger Spring Training. And whereas Kimmel understood the reality of the situation, they I forget who pitched to them, but they had a there – there was a – who was it? It was Pedro Martinez's brother, and I can't think of what his uh, first name was. What was his first name? Ramon. Ramon Martinez, right. Ramon pitched to them both. And uh, Tommy Lasorda, as an aside, Carol, I think, got uh, fouled a couple off. And um, Tommy Lasorda said, like, oh, if I would have had you when you were 18, I could have turned you into a major leaguer. Carol, the narcissist, believed it. <laughs> really believed that that was the case. Hey, you heard what Lasorda said. He's not joking. That's not a joke. Um, but yes, he came away thinking he could. I, as I have said many times, if you, you you say you could throw a regular guy out there to play Major League Baseball, no, you could not. I know. I know. I, you I'm, could not. I'm, I if I not you, it, not anybody that is in this building right now. I agree. Un, aside from the ex NFL players, if you threw them 100 pitched balls, if all I said was, I'm going to throw you 100 strikes, I'm not going to tell you what kind of pitch it's going to be, but they will all be strikes, you would not be able to get a hit if there was a major league, um, if there were eight guys fielding behind the pitcher. But to answer your question. But first of all, I totally agree with that. I do think hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. However, though, if you're going to simulate it and just pretend, it's going to look, it's going to look less ridiculous in the MLB than it would do on the in the NBA or in the NFL, right? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Although some celebrities who are from Canada look not half bad on uh, on skates. They might be able to get away wheeling around for one shift of hockey. Um, I will go. I'm just trying to think of the football movies and who looks the least ridiculous I mean, throwing be, a football. Who beats, who beats The Rock? I think The Rock, right? Played, played at the U. That's not even fair. You That's can't a- choose The Rock. He played – College football at a oh, high yeah. level. Yeah, but he still is he's an actor. That's a bum choice. Word. That's not fair. We can't choose we'll somebody who did it. How about this? George Clooney NBA game. He's a good basketball player. He is a apparently. good basketball player. I was looking at looking that up. Um that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Well, he's not a celebrity. I, I, Charles, was, I, I, I almost made some off color remarks just now uh, uh, with some uh some some women who are yes. not shapely and I was gonna make some wisecracks about that. But that's beneath me. If you, but it's not beneath you. If you want to make them, no, like you me. can do it. I'm trying to think of how about this? Can I go with um, the guy who played the mountain in uh, in oh, that's, I Game mean, of Thrones? I guess, well, technically, he's an actor. Yeah, he can that's go right. With him. That's he's right. He's actually, I think, he was trying out for the codes initially. So, yeah. oh yeah, you're right. All right, that wasn't a very satisfying answer. Yeah, no, really. you caught me off guard. I'll, really. I'll think but of a better. Quick, though, well, who is the best TV? Uh, who is the best TV or movie QB? 
ever. This is another cheat. If you go back and watch all the right moves, the great Tom Cruise 80s movie shot in uh, in a steel town near Pittsburgh. Um, that guy went on. To, his name is Rifleman in the movie. He was the Jets replacement QB when they struck in 87. He was he could spin it. That guy could throw it, but he's not anybody you actually know. Um, Try to think. Woody, there was that Woody Harrelson and uh, um, Wesley Snipes football movie, Wildcats, with Goldie Hawn. You know I feel about sports movies, so count me out. I want to think of a good – I want to get a good answer. But while you're doing that, again – Oh, I know the answer. Real quick, the reason I don't like sports movies is because it just looks fake, like whenever they actually shoot scenes. Speaking of looking fake, Steph Curry's three against the Clippers last week. Did you see that, where he's, like, dribbling with things? Yes. did that did that not look like a foot, like a basketball movie? It yeah, that like was, or like a video real. game. Yeah, it looked. It, it looked was like, unnatural that the ball was in such close proximity yeah, to Chris everybody. Yeah, trying to reach and he looks behind him in like slow motion, like whoa, where'd that ball go? It yeah. looks goofy and it's like that's insane. Steph Curry was surprised he took that shot when he when it, when he put it up. Yeah. sort of like oh well, I I still have, have the ball. Well, I, well, I better do something with it. Threw yeah. it at the at the rim and it went in. All right, listen, enough's well, well, enough. Before all that. What? It's a throwback. New listeners might not know this, but here it goes. It's time for Black Tie Shoutouts. Whoa! I just want to give a shout-out You're kidding me. The shout-out is back. What have I been doing to deserve this? I am living right. It's back. The shout-out started, I don't think we've had one in at least probably two years. No, literally a year. I'll say a year. Oh, no. It's been more than a year, Black Tie. The shout-out began many moons ago. Black Tie decided that it was important. This is during a time when he was loath to speak on the microphone, and I wish we could get back to those days. But he didn't like to talk. So he all of a sudden decided one day he did have to speak, and he asked if he could give a shout-out. But then he didn't give a shout-out to anybody he knew. It was just somebody in the service industry that he felt was worthy of uh, of accolade. Yeah, I just came back from vacation at the time. I was in Cancun with some family, and I uh, went to the bathroom, and we had a, a bathroom attendant. Yeah. And then our candy and uh, napkins, and I, I just thought, like, that has to be one of the worst jobs ever. It is, um, I would think. I felt bad for him, so I figured I'd give him a shout-out. and then Any turlet-related profession is probably yeah that's pretty rough i mean we did stuff like uh trafficators um we did you know roadkill cleaners yeah that was a bad Um, one the guy who i wouldn't want to be a podiatrist that that would be i i would put that in my bottom three jobs the guys who like police guards who hold the dogs doing uh bum sniffing missions you know that was dan has helped out with that one and there was a lot of a lot of talk (laughs) about that like who came up with that one Either way, so I got a new one. Speaking of hoops, the Washington Clippers game, Ralph Lauer, 100, he had an anniversary Clippers uh, play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. So post-game, they're doing like a little stand-up special, and the backdrop, for some reason, is cheerleaders. They're just standing there, and obviously cheerleaders are standing there, and their job is to smile and look good for like 10 minutes. Do you know how many muscles are in the face? Do you know how hard it is to fake smile? <laughs> <laughs> and to do You've that done it again, five, Black Tie. Another five, absurd shout-out. Do that for five. Cheerleaders. That's who you're giving a shout-out to, those poor do deers. you know how hard that is to fake smile for even 20 seconds? Let I don't alone know, five but I, I, I think the only way to find out is to have you try to smile for 10 straight minutes on camera. <laughs> I think we'll do that. I think we do that next week. I think, I think that's another thing that we need to get to. That Black is- Tie trying to smile for 10 straight minutes 
is going to be a great little piece of video. We'll time lapse it or whatever they call that. Where you we'll we'll just uh, fast forward through it and we'll see if you can make it for ten minutes. I like that. (laughs) I like that move. All right. So that's that. Enough with the. uh, Although you know, listen, black tie. I love the uh, the shout outs coming back and now. It comes back next week, too. So you have the weekend to come up with a new one. Yeah. On Tuesday, we get another shout-out. All right, we'll wrap it up there. It's been a grand week with Justin Forsett, LT, Bucky Brooks, Ross Tucker, Black Tie shout-out, and so on. Antonio we'll- Brown video. Check it out, NFL Now, NFL.com. It was too good to put on just a podcast because you have to watch it to believe it. Well, there's all second. sorts of stuff out there now, NFL.com. Just use the or on Twitter even. Search the hashtag DDFP. I'm sure you will find some video and or audio gold there for you, if I may say so immodestly. All right, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the free agency as it continues. We'll be back on the other side to update you on it. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice ahead. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.